You're listening to the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast with Matt Curtis. This is the podcast that helps you take your creative team from wherever you are today to healthy and effective. Hey friends, thank you for joining me this week on the Leading Healthy Creative Teams podcast. My name is Matt Curtis and I'm your host. This week we're going to talk about a graphic design workflow. Now, you may be thinking, I'm not a designer, I'm not interested in this. Wait, hold on. <laughs> you may actually be more interested in this than, uh, than you know currently. Let me tell you a little bit of a story as to how this came about, and then we'll jump into it. I had two graphic designers on my team. Both of them were excellent. They had an intuitive understanding as to how to manage a project, how to lead a conversation, how to care well for ministry leaders. All of the things that you would want in a graphic designer serving in the church. One of them was gonna be moved to communications director, and we were gonna hire a new person to fill that role that was just vacated by that transition. I anticipated that there was going to be a little bit of a lapse of knowledge here because we were hiring somebody that was junior and so we didn't really have a clear sense of how much they knew about the creative workflow or the graphic design workflow in particular. So I wanted to standardize this a little bit. I'm a big fan of loose parameters. We'll put it that way. I think that if you give someone too tight of a system or too, you know, hard-lined of a system in the creative space in particular, it actually causes them to give up their creativity because they feel like they are being almost imprisoned by the system. The system is is too strangling. It, it's too tight. And so I like giving general frameworks with freedom for creatives to operate within. I feel like it's a really good balance of the two. I need there to be consistency on certain interactions. I need you to care about people a certain way. I need you to have certain conversations. I need you to get certain information. So there is absolutely a rigidity that needs to happen, but I also need there to be enough room for personal expression, creativity, flexibility, personality types even, the way that people work, the way they communicate. Those things need to have room to flourish and grow. Otherwise, you will snuff out the creative. So I wanted to develop this. I wanted to create a workflow that gave us these major mile markers, the major parts of the conversation that needed to happen, the general sequence of events. But I also wanted to keep it general enough so that each individual designer had the ability to interject their own style or approach. So that's what we did. And what was fascinating is both of these designers were clearly naturals because they had a hard time formalizing this process. So my question in the beginning, so what do you do on a design project? I don't know. I mean, design some things and have an idea and then just do it. <laughs> so we actually had to dig a little bit in order to surface what exactly they were doing. See, they were naturally great at their jobs, but that didn't necessarily help us translate that to somebody else who maybe wasn't naturally great at their job. And so if you find yourself relying on the creatives in your team to be naturally good at something, it, it may work and you may hire a creative who's gonna be exceptional. The problem though is that there's a better chance that you will hire a creative that is not exceptional. You need to then do some of the heavy lifting to help them become exceptional. But without the background in the trenches, it's harder to do that. This document exists to be the framework that any designer can pick up, operate off of, and find success. And for you on the client side, you'll see success because you're seeing the designer care about the right things, having the right conversations, et cetera. So my hope is that that is helpful to you contextually so that even if you're not a designer, if you're leading a team, you see the value of this document. This is basically the roadmap to how to be successful as a graphic designer in the church. So let's talk about the major 
milestones. I have it broken down into five steps and they are sequential. They do need to happen in this order. Otherwise the project gets really inefficient. The first thing that you need to do, I call it let's chat. You want to set up a conversation and you want to learn the needs of the ministry that you're working with. I'm a big fan of conversations. I know there's a real popular trend where designers just want information submitted via a form. They don't want to have a conversation. They don't have time for it. I feel like that's a short-sighted solution to a problem that's actually bigger that needs to get addressed, but either isn't or won't be addressed. The reality is that when you have a conversation, you're building equity with the person that you're serving and the ministry that you're serving. It also gives you the opportunity to hear something and then ask for more information about it. Oftentimes for me, in my conversations with churches, it's a passing comment that's the most impactful or the most insightful. If I'm just relying on a form to assess the health of a church, it, it's gonna be, I mean, maybe right sometimes, or it'll be a shallow diagnosis. And so I think that's, that's really what I'm looking to get away from. So even in my own process, there's a free survey that you can take. It's 24 questions, I think is the number of questions, and it gives you a general breakdown as to whether or not your church is healthy. That's great. It's helpful. It's accurate. It's a really good gauge for a church leader to get a sense as to whether or not they're healthy. But the real deep next step is for me to come in and have these conversations with everybody that's involved in creative on the team. And so what you're getting is you're getting a much deeper assessment. The difference between those two, it's conversations. That's the difference. By me having these conversations, I'm able to hear things that are behind the surface. I'm able to explore a little deeper. Hey, you mentioned this. Talk to me more about that. Tell me about what that looks like. How is that expressed? What do you think is a good solution to fix that? We're engaging in partnership. That's what we're doing. In this let's chat stage, it's so important for the designer to be able to ask the questions that they need answers to. So a couple of examples, and this is all in the document. Again, this is part of the Creative Bytes email coming out, uh, the first one that's coming out in January. So if you're not a part of the mailing list, hop on it. You can get to it on my website, lunchtimeheroes.co. These are all free. You're not getting dropped into a sales funnel. I'm just sending out tools every, you know, twice a month. And so this is the next tool that is going to be delivered. The questions that are on here, what's the purpose of this event? Why are you doing this? So it's a men's breakfast. Great. Do men not have the ability to eat breakfast? Is there a shortage of breakfast for men? Well, no, that's not the point of the event. Okay. Well then what's the point of the event? Tell me the purpose because I was going to put pancakes on your flyer. <laughs> Maybe you want something different. Maybe this is actually about community. Maybe it's about hearing a speaker. I don't, I don't know. I need to know the purpose. Essentially the, the job of the designer in a lot of ways is to kind of play dumb, to not make a lot of these assumptions, but to push the ministry leader to give the answer back. So clarify purpose. We want to capture key project details. This is obviously important. When you need this back by, what are the deadlines? You know, what kind of materials are you feeling like you need? Do you have a promotional plan? Do you need our help in that? Are you handing out documents? That means you need a flyer or a postcard. Oh, you're promoting it online. Do you want advertisements? You know, all of these things get covered in the let's chat phase. You want to identify the due dates. You want to understand quantities. If they're getting printed postcards, how many of those do they need? You want to explore some of their aesthetic preferences. What are the things that you like? Have you seen other churches do something or have you seen other promotions that seem to resonate with you? What is it that resonates about them? Let's talk about that. And then you want to establish a single point person. The worst thing that you can do in your project is have too many people as the contact. This was absolutely revolutionary for us when we switched everything over to have a single point person per project, 
absolutely game-changing. We were getting changes from people that weren't in charge of the project. I would then make the changes and then the original project person would come back to me and be like, why did you make those changes? I didn't approve those. Oh, so-and-so said that you had. No, they just wanted to change the project because they had a different preference. Okay, come on. So I'm wasting time. They're wasting time. <laughs> and in a sense, we're almost straining the relationship a little bit too. These are the things that you're covering in the let's chat phase. This may sound very similar to a creative brief and you would be right. This is where the creative brief is usually created together. The goal here is simple. You want to establish a clear direction for the project. That's why you have this conversation. So you have information now. You have clarity about where the project's going. Now what? Well, now you make a plan. And this is where the designer really begins leaning in to understanding timelines. You wanna develop a plan that helps accomplish the goals of the project. We're not just here to develop some neat thing that looks nice, that matches their you know, design preferences. What we're really trying to do is we're trying to accomplish a goal. That's really what this is about. Communications in general is about accomplishing a goal. Typically the goal is I have an event and I need people to attend the event. Okay, the goal is event attendance. And so we then as the creatives need to problem solve how do we get their best? Or we get lazy as we just rely on the same promotional tactics that we used the last time and the time before and the time before. And that's not always the best way to solve the problem. That's what we're trying to do here in this make a plan phase. How long is this gonna take us to create? based on everything else going on. Are there any adjustments that need to happen? We've had this happen in the past where during really busy seasons of ours, other ministry leaders will come and they'll say, we want certain things. Sorry, we're too busy right now. We have too many other things that are of higher priority. We're not gonna be able to get to that. So that means something's gonna have to change. That's just the reality. That's where this planning phase becomes important. And then you wanna communicate this project plan to the point person. So this is the step that's often missed. We want to make sure that the ministry leaders are in the loop in terms of what's going on. We want to make sure that ministry leaders understand where their project is. So our goal here is to develop a plan that successfully takes a project from concept to reality. We want to make these real. This isn't just a bunch of neat ideas because neat ideas don't really help. <laughs> it has to be finished. It has to be completed. It has to be executed. So once we're done making a plan for the designer now, it's time for some research. This phase can be one that gets time intensive. It doesn't have to be. I would say most of the time it doesn't have to be. The exceptions are if you're doing something you've never done before, or if you're trying a style or a technique that you've never done before. If you wanna innovate a little bit or, or stretch or grow as a creative, then this can be a little bit more time intensive. But really what we're doing here is we're trying to, to look ahead and avoid last minute problems or last minute issues. Our goal really is to set our ministry team up for success. So let's say that they wanna create a piece that is a, it's printed in a way that we've never done before. Okay, well then we need to start doing research on that printing style, that, that approach to printing, that technology. Call a printer and say, hey, I, I need some help. I'm trying to do something that I've never done for the first time. Can you walk me through how do I get you the right files? How do I set everything up correctly? Maybe it's digging through the template section of the printer's page. Do they have a template? Oh, great. They already show you how to do it. Look on YouTube. Are there any videos that give us an example of how we can set this up? Dig deeper into the specifics of your solution. Will your plan work? You want to build prototypes or wireframes. You want to test your ideas. So I have this idea for a box. Does it work? Buy a box and then realize, oh, the 350 mugs that we bought don't actually fit in the box. That's a problem. You've just encountered a scenario that is going to derail the project. Good thing you did research. 
you want to catch those things. You want to get prices and quotes for the solution. I can't tell you the number of times we've had amazing ideas that are way out of budget. <laughs> you, need to, you need to get prices on these things. You want to anticipate potential problems with production, cost, turnaround time, et cetera. We've kind of alluded to those already. And then you want to share your findings with the ministry leader. You want to get clarity and you want to gain approval. I'll be honest with you. There are many times where I've looked at a project and I've said, this is too expensive and, or the turnaround is too great. And the ministry leader has said, you know what? We actually have allocated a large portion of budget specifically for this because we really want it to be like, it's a really important piece of our ministry. Okay, let's do it then. I didn't understand the value. Once I had the conversation, I began to understand the value. This was very important to them. Or timeline, you know what? Let's bump it then. Let's, let's do it, but then we'll make some changes on our end because it's that important to us. Oh, all right. Keeping the ministry team in the loop, very important as part of the process of your graphic design workflow. Step four, now we're starting the design process. This is where we develop a design solution. This is one that's finished. You know what I mean? This is one that's, that's much more polished. This isn't the sketches or the rough comps or whatever that we've been creating up to this point. This is where we actually solve the problem from a design perspective. We ask for feedback from the project point person. They're a part of this project. It's reasonable to bring them in for feedback or critique. We want to help guide that, of course, which is a few episodes ago, but we want to help guide them through the process of critique, but we want to give them the opportunity to speak in on the project. We want to revise it. If there are changes that need to happen, if something's changed in the meantime, if a, if a new time has happened or a new location or a new person's involved or something, if something's changed, we change it. This is the phase where we change it. And then we want to get final approval. And maybe you think we're done. There's still one more step though. There's still launch. This is the last step of the process. What we're doing in the launch phase is we're implementing our design solutions across all of our communication channels. So now this is the execution side of what we've created. It's deployment or it's launch. This is where we print the files or send them to print. This is where we deliver them to the client. Hey, everything's in, here you go. This is where we put the keynote files or the PowerPoint files on the server. This is where we build out the website or we add the information to the website. We put in the calendar event. This is where we schedule the post on social media. This is where all of the actual behavioral execution happens to make this project actually take off. I have found that not every designer comes to the table with this workflow in mind. Many of them sort of limp along through the process but don't know how to manage the process themselves. There's an interesting tension here. A lot of churches are starting to hire project managers. And I think it's a smart move because project managers do a really good job of moving projects through the pipeline. I think in particular, they're really good at navigating projects that have a high level of complexity, meaning there's a lot of players involved, a lot of people around the table that have a piece of execution or contribution to a project. Where I think a lot of designers are struggling at least from my observation, is that they don't recognize that they have an ownership in the management of the process as well. Where I became most frustrated was on the projects where I was either lazy or maybe even I didn't know that I was supposed to be doing this. I wasn't managing the project well from my end. And when I didn't communicate with a client, they began bothering me. <laughs> I mean, they began checking for, you know, where are we at? Are we going to get it done? Is it going to be? Because what happens is a lack of information breeds insecurity. And so this workflow was really helpful for us to be able to hand it to one of our designers and then start talking through what the process looks like. 
for me, as the leader of the creative team, I was able to put a little bit of oomph behind this and basically say, look, our expectation is that if you serve on this team, you operate by this workflow. This is what every project that you manage looks like. It means that it starts with a conversation, let's chat. It means that you make a plan. You're gonna need to do phase three, which is research. You're gonna have to lean into that. I need you to do that extra work because otherwise you're gonna create problems. Design, you gotta do the design work. Let's jump in and design. Oh, launch, okay, you're gonna launch, let's launch. And what I found is that by giving these parameters, certain designers even went and took it further. We had one situation where somebody made a mistake on a project. It was kind of an expensive mistake. I believe that every designer has to make one expensive mistake before they get it. But what was beautiful about even the concept of this workflow, once that mistake was made, there was an immediate new step added for that designer. They said, I'm gonna add in the idea here of having somebody proof my work. Are you cool with that? <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? You literally came to me with a problem and a solution. You do whatever you think is best. I love it. What eventually started happening was the design workflow began being customized based on the strengths and the weaknesses of each of the people on the team. And that's what's beautiful about something like this that's a little bit more open, is it gives the flexibility for me to say, you know what, I'm really good at proofing my work, I don't feel like I need to add a proofer to my workflow. Or, man, I am not good at proofing my work, I really need a proofer for my workflow. That's where the flexibility is so powerful. It gives you both the framework that you need in order for your designers to be operating in a good way, but it also gives enough flexibility where they have the opportunity to make it their own by making it better. Thanks for listening to this episode of Leading Healthy Creative Teams. This podcast is just one of the ways Lunchtime Heroes helps build healthy creative teams in the church. Stay up to date on the latest by signing up for the Creative Bites email at lunchtimeheroes.co.